In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Do you remember being scared of the dark as a little child? Dark time at nighttime when you go to bed, afraid that your parents are going to close the door without leaving the light in the hallway on, waking up in the middle of the night as a little child thinking that there were spooky monsters under your bed, waking up in the middle of the night with sweats and nightmares and dreadful sounds outside all around you. Bedtime, nighttime, is what the ancients would call the witching hour. It's a time of separation and uncertainty and of being alone. When we get a little older, we lose that fear, though. We're more mature. We can explain that the sun rises and sets, and actually, maybe we're looking forward to night-night time just a little earlier. We can handle it just as much as we can handle most things in our lives that we believe that we can handle. The darkness is really not that big of a deal anymore. But then at some point in our lives, once again, for some it might come sooner than later, we begin to see and even fear the darkness again. We realize in the darkness that we feared as a little child is really quite scary even as an adult. Maybe as children we didn't know why we were afraid and we didn't understand our fear but then you come to realize that in our world, there is a lot of stuff of nightmares. The darkness of sin, the darkness of evil, and the darkness of death surround us and threaten to engulf us. You heard about it again with the tragedy in Washington this, this day. And in that darkness, there are strange and dreadful sounds, separation and uncertainty and that eerie feeling of being alone. And then what's worse, we come to realize that this darkness just isn't outside of us, outside of our house and around us, but it's also inside of us. That's what happens when you and I sin. Sin is nothing but darkness. The wages of sin is death. Your sins tell you and me that you will die. You will go to the grave. Your sins are nothing but darkness. The same sin and evil living around us in our communities, in our world, is corrupting our hearts. It's not only those people out there. It's you and I looking in the mirror. And we realize that when we're children, we weren't so far off from, from protection and from light and from our parents even though as we go older and grow older, we find ourselves even more alone as people fat pass from this life into death and leave us, we realize that the darkness grows darker and darker as we get older. And we realize that truly, the darkness of this world and of our sin is something to be afraid of. When Jesus is arrested, he says in Luke's gospel, this is the hour and the power or the authority of the darkness. For this is what darkness does. Darkness kills. From Adam and Eve in the garden, to the sin that you and I have committed today, to the Son of God on the cross, we are surrounded by darkness. And so we are told that from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, as Jesus was hanging on the cross, as his life was being extinguished, he who is the life of the world, there was darkness over all the land. 
I like what one second century pastor said about that aspect, that there was darkness over the land. He simply put it this way, because mankind was ashamed to look upon his creator on a cross, the sun that the creator created stopped shining that he might hide the son of God. The darkness we fear is but a small reminder of the darkness in which Jesus hung on the cross. The darkness that we're sort of sitting in here tonight that we experience is a slight taste of the darkness that attacked Jesus on the cross. But when we are children, fearful in our bedrooms, our parents do not leave us to our fears. The darkness is too much for us. So they crack the door open and leave the light on. They bring into our room a nightlight, a light to lighten the darkness. Perhaps it's only just a tiny little nightlight or a little crack in the door, but it's so small and yet so powerful to dispel all of the darkness. You've seen it before. Have a little flashlight, a little candle when the power goes out, and you can see it's enough. It scatters the darkness. Even if you light a candle in the darkest of caves, it can never get darker with that light burning. The darkness will never overcome it. As small and as weak as that light may seem to others, the light will always, always win for us. And while tonight is a service of darkness, as you remember the darkness of our Lord's crucifixion and our sins that placed him there, there is also light. In the midst of the darkness, our Father has provided us the light. It is the light of the cross. The cross, which may look to the world as small and foolish and dumb and weak, even in the world filled that is obsessed with evil and death and deep darkness. But the light of the cross is enough for you and for me. God always works in opposites. Never forget that. What looks like Jesus dying on the cross, which looks like sheer darkness, is for us the light of the world. I, when I am lifted up, says Jesus, I will draw all mankind to myself. That is including you and me. As he is lifted up on the cross, as we see him bloody, beaten, battered, and dying, the darkness is scattered it's scattered around from the world. It's scattered from within us. The darkness cannot overcome what Jesus has come to do for you. He is the light of the world, the light which the darkness cannot overcome. The light always wins. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, says your Savior. That light never shone so brightly as it did on the cross, as it did when Jesus said, Tetelestai. It's a fancy word for simply saying, It is finished. What is finished? His life? Yes. His sacrifice for us? Yes. But also, it is finished. The darkness? Finished. The evil? Finished. Your sin finished. 
Your grave finished. The devil finished. They are all finished. Their reign is finished. Their power is finished. Their grip on you is finished. Now that is not to say that as we walk out here tonight, there still will not be darkness around us and in us. There most certainly is, and you know that. But it can never, ever win, no matter how much you play around with it. Even when things look hope and weak, hopeless and, weakless and weak and bleak, it cannot win. Even when it seems like the darkness is winning in our world, it cannot overcome us our Savior, or His church. Even when your sins seem too much for you to overcome, Jesus says it is finished. It is forgiven. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And here the Father shines the light of the light of His Son on us through the cross. He reigns, but not in the darkness. No matter what the darkness would like for us to think, he will always shine his light. For your father has not left you in the dark. Good Friday is not the last word. Easter is. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies, your cup overflows tonight. And then there will be silence at the end of this service. The words of Jesus are finished. He breathes his last and gives up his spirit to you so that you would believe and know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by his light and his word, you have salvation. It will be silent when we leave here tonight, appropriately so. But even on that first silent night in that holy city of Bethlehem, there were angels who proclaimed what the Son of God was going to do. And on the silence of that Easter morning, we will once again hear the angels who rejoice that he is risen. And because he is risen, we now have light, even in the darkness. We have this great song of Easter that Christ has died, he is risen, and he is coming again for you so that you may have his light and his life now and forever. Amen. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.